made my family disappear. Hello. Just again, Rob? Trying to sneak another sweet into your mouth there, were you? I'm not sneaking them. They are getting launched in. I am yawning with style. Nom, 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 nom. Greetings all this, and all welcome. This all this day then. Will I go? <laughs> sure, yeah. Unless Rob has something he wants to say again. Hello. <laughs> Greetings you know, and welcome <laughs> to this impromptu no. Green 17 podcast. I'm trying to be one of your hosts, Ray Hogg. Join us ever by the interrupting beast that is Rob Mullen. Do you know that uh, Jeff Goldblum laughter? <laughs> I just have to run into my head now. And Eddie, understanding wires, Bolton. Oh, like, ironically, I think we've gotten some crossed wires here over the last minute or so. That is for sure. <laughs> um, every other week, but in this case, right after our last episode, we come to you with our thoughts and takes on entertainment we've consumed from screens big and small. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing, following, or whatever you or whatever your preferred podcast. God, it's the merry season. You can tell it's the merry season, can't you? <laughs> whatever preferred podcast service suggests. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, you can also find and follow us on Facebook as Screen17. Look out for the red director's chair or on Instagram at Screen17podcast, where you can also contact us, ask us questions, or simply suggest topics for future episodes. Um, I'm going to check in with the guys, even though it's only been a couple of minutes since I've chatted to them. How are you doing, lads? I'm pretty good. Yeah, I'm energized now after that that mess up. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely one of our more sloppier intros. I'm what not going to lie. Up? That was pure class. <laughs> Mm. Well, on this episode, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, on this episode, we are going to be talking about Home Alone, the uh, 1990 festive movie about a boy killing two invaders at home. Um, we're going to basically bounce through a couple of things. We're going to talk about the overall details of the movie, our first memories of seeing it, our overall thoughts, some of the major plot points and set pieces, and we'll close out with kind of our you know, summarization of um, what we think about. So first of all, this movie was released in November of 1990. It's directed by Chris Columbus, produced by John Hughes, also written by John Hughes, starring uh, child actor Macaulay Culkin, gangster Joe Pesci, uh, politician's father Daniel Stern, John Hurd, and the voice of Sally from The Nightmare Before Christmas, Catherine O'Hara. Not many people know that. Music by the ever-awesome John Williams. This movie, I was actually surprised when I looked this up, only cost $18 million to make and has made $477 million at the box office. My God. That is wow. incredible. That, no wonder they greenlit the sequel so quick. I mean, that's believable though, right? I mean, it's very few sets. Yeah. 
I wonder yeah, yeah, if yeah. including re-releases at Christmas because it's played everywhere at Christmas and cinemas as well. Is there actually? I'd imagine it, could, it only encapsulates the initial box office. I, I, I don't know actually. I looked it up in the background, but um, out of curiosity, is there a making of documentary for Home Alone? There isn't, but I know Netflix have one of those documentaries called the movies movies that made us. See, I, I used I liked the first iteration of that show where the was it the toys that made us. Mm. Um, it's gotten real now. I don't mean this in a racist kind of way. It's gotten very Americanized, where they're trying to make this narrative in every episode that like, oh, these guys hate each other, or they're they're just cutting stuff too much, or they're cutting it yeah. into what's clearly not where it goes when someone talked. Um, okay, I would prefer just a straight here's how this thing was made and isn't it great documentary I, rather I really than like trying the, to yeah sorry go on no no go on no i was just saying i, I really like the the episode of uh toys that made us the one about the ninja turtles yeah that how it was yeah. just like they just created a cartoon show because they wanted to sell the toys <laughs> yeah like the first season that that show i really loved um there was something i think was it might have been the movies that made us some of them episodes just annoyed yeah. me the way they were edited I prefer the same content, just edit it better. Um, yeah, I must. I might give that episode a go though because I kind of yeah. I'm interested now to understand how they filmed this. I'm wondering, did they use any back lot sets? Do you think, or was it all oh, set? In, yeah, it was all in the head. Um, I think basically all the exterior shots were done in that suburb in Chicago because I seen a video on YouTube about the guys visiting it, and they said they were actually surprised how close all the locations were. Like basically the, the ice rink, the pharmacy, uh, the Christmas tree, the Santa's grotto, and all that are all in the same square. What about the church? Um, again, literally just a stone's throw down the street. Yeah. And then the actual McAllister house is just a suburb that's slightly further away. But it's, it's actually quite fantastic. So I'd well imagine the budget was quite low. Just um, something that, imagine- um, that, again, is like a vocab in my house of Home Alone House. Like mm-hmm. if you're ever shopping for houses or you'd like drive past some gigantic house that's for sale, um, to me, like that's a status quo of a, a house size. It's like that is a home alone house because Jesus yeah. Christ, this house is huge. Yeah. Funny enough, that house was actually on the market about uh, 10 years ago for four point something million, I think. Imagine yeah, living in a home alone house. It'd be amazing. You'd nearly want to leave your child alone just to see what happens. <laughs> it's like setting a trap. Oh, yeah. I don't know about any of those movie houses, though. Like, Come here, go, about... down, go down those stairs and that sled there. <laughs> I died. Whoa, way. I don't want to do yeah. Get on the sled. Like, you've heard about the Breaking Bad house, right? Yeah, the owners are so pissed off with people trying to recreate the pizza. Yeah. I think they have a massive fence up now. Yeah. Yeah, the Home Alone house actually does have a, a kind of... It, it has a black kind of shoulder length fence going across the entire front because people kept walking in and around the gardens. You know, and you know, in fairness, if, like if you come across a movie house, don't be a dick. Like, understand that people still live there. Same with the Father Ted house. Well, I mean, Father Ted house is uh, now serves scones and tea. Yeah, fair place. So yeah, I guess look, there are the kind of the details of Kevin being left at home by his family due to a glitch of the father plugging out a, an alarm clock, then has to deal with two crooks trying to break into his house. But before we kind of get into the plot points, uh, do you guys remember the first time you saw this movie? I'm going to go first if that's okay, because mine yeah. is a bit boring. I don't really, because I've seen this probably every single year since, mm. um, if not more than that. So I've seen the movie, I would say, probably around 30 times or so. Yeah. yeah. That uh, yeah. all of these rewatchings have blended into each other. 
like I definitely didn't see it when it first came out because I was about three or f- three years old. It was about seven. So I can't remember what I first saw. I definitely, probably, yeah, I would say five, maybe five or six. Yeah. Young enough, um, but like old enough to sit down and enjoy a movie. Um, it's always just held that bit of magic, and that's sort of the whole hook of the movie, I guess, is that when you're a kid watching it, you are a Kevin. Mm. I'm sure. Like regardless if you're male or female or non-binary and so on, you're just you're a kid and you're enjoying the magic of this situation, and that's it. Like it's it just fits like a glove. It's a great kids movie. Yeah, I think I I honestly like I definitely 100 percent did not see it in the cinema because I don't think my parents would have brought me at that age. But I do vaguely remember seeing it at Christmas as a child at home in my parents' house. Because I remember because we had loads of those Christmas decorations, like the really shitty ones that Kevin has where the crooks like <laughs> break their feet on. Yeah. And I remember like trying to trick my brother to get out of his bed and put a couple of those decorations on the ground in front of him. <laughs> Pain. <laughs> it's like standing on Legos. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I, yeah, I honestly don't remember. I, I think I suffer from that thing where I've seen it so many times that I could never be accurately confident picking one viewing that was my first viewing. Because definitely as a kid, I probably had the the tape at home and I probably wore it out a couple of times during one Christmas alone. Yeah, easily. Yeah, Home alone. Home alone. Home alone. That's the thing when you're a kid and you had like a limited selection of VHS tapes. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're sent to the video shop. Yeah. There's, there's a fiver. You can get two tapes for the weekend and that's it. Yeah. You got your money's worth out of those videotapes. What was even more ridiculous was, um, I don't know if you guys were the same, we had a few that we owned, so we watched them a million times. Yeah, I had a few Disney ones as a kid. Uh, or um, if you had a blank tape and Home Alone was on TV at Christmas, you yes. recorded that bad yeah. boy and you rewatched that bad boy. <laughs> and you attempted to stop it when the ads came on. Oh, I tried. Yeah, I used to always like pause it, go back, rewind, pause it, pause it, pause it, then hold down play and record together and get ready to... Then you realize, oh no, the, fir- the first scene has, has been on. So you're, you're cutting from like the ad break to, I don't know, the one of the cans hitting one of them in the face. And uh, <laughs> I don't care if you can fight me at noon or fight me in mass to try and disagree with this, but nobody knew how to set those bloody weird code things to record. Do you remember that? Well, I mean, I was a little kid, so yeah, I definitely didn't. <laughs> No, but like even like we yeah. had a pretty decent VCR and like remember Eddie, you probably get the RT guide and there was always a code after the um the the thing and it was like a code that you can set up your VCR to read that signal. When that si- signal pops up, it'll record the program that you want to record as long as the VHS tape is in it. All right, no, mine mine was set for a timer, so I knew what time to start recording that. All right, so you set the clock on your VCR player and then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, you've won those fancy-ass ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Fucking fancy-ass here. With his, fancy, it's way more fancy. On your VHS player. You probably had a top loader and all, Eddie, did you? I don't know what that is. It's where the tape comes out the top rather than pushing it in. Oh, no, 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 no. All right. <laughs> that's, that's notions. When was um, your first watching, Eddie? Yeah, again, I don't remember. I definitely didn't see it in the cinema because I know... Very rarely was I brought to the cinema as a child. Um, na, 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 na. And um, are you supposed to be singing a sad song? Yeah, is this because I stuck Jeff Goldblum in everyone's head at the start? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think that the the first film I ever saw in the cinema was actually a Christmas film as Batman Returns, but 
Mm. I don't. So actually, I know that that was my first one. So I know I didn't see this in the cinema. I have vague memories of watching it for the first time and imagining myself as Kevin McAllister and what I do and thinking that it made perfect sense of what he he was doing and that I'd probably do the same myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Child, but... kill, kill two home invaders. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've seen that uh, that meme before of who's who would win the fight, Batman or Kevin McAllister. And someone said, "How much time? How much prep time does Kevin McAllister get?" <laughs> <laughs> he only needs a day, <laughs> if, if even. Yeah. Well, we will dive into how long he's alone for later on. Um, but no, I remember obviously really enjoying it and kind of living vicariously through Kevin McAllister and what you do watching trash and eating rubbish and being afraid of a certain area of the house. Yeah, or being afraid yeah. of the dark, just in general. If you were left, well, what, do, what was the area of the house that you were afraid of, Eddie? Well, I have one. Of. I have one. But what, what was your area of the house that you were afraid of? The bathroom after my dad had visited. Sometimes <laughs> your dad's getting a lot of slack in these. Your poor, old, your poor <laughs> old fella. I've met your old fella. He's a lovely man. He'll never listen to this. It's fine. <laughs> in posterity, he, he might. He doesn't support me in my other endeavors. <laughs> <laughs> but did, did you actually have a part of the house that you were afraid of as a kid i didn't like going out in the back garden when it was dark because we had a couple of big trees uh by by a laneway in this estate we lived in abbey farm Hello, and uh so you could hear like people walking in the dark going down yeah. the laneway that had zero lights on it wow so um and there was no lights in the back garden really either so yeah well, did you rob did you have an uh, area of the house mine was very contextual right Again, when I was really little, it was kind of just dark rooms. So we had like this uh, toilet under the stairs and there'd be like one of the other rooms just beside it. And if the door was open, it was really dark in there. You'd rush into the toilet super fast in case anything came out to get you. Um. <laughs> I we, we used to have um, in our house in Sligo, we have a very long landing on the upstairs landing. And at the end of it, there's actually no light. So it's just a corridor that goes into darkness, but there's two rooms at the end of it. Oh. And sometimes late at night, you'd hear the door, like if the door was open, you'd hear the door going, <laughs> that's so creepy. <laughs> so I used to just go upstairs, like immediately from the top of the stairs, straight into the sitting room, and just go, nope. <laughs> yep. It's like uh, everyone has that. Yeah. yeah, That's child logic. So long as you make it under your blankets. <laughs> oh, you're, you're safe. Perfectly safe. Now, there were, I'm, think, I'm thinking of a specific house uh, when I was thinking of that. There's actually one when we moved when I was 12 or 13 to this house in the country that, uh, again, had no... Very big house. It was, yeah, the very big house, yeah. Eat a lot of peaches. Yeah. <laughs> you just... Do you, know, do you know when all the energy is sucked out of you? <laughs> like an emotional vampire. An emotional uh, vampire, yeah. Um, but, you know, it was quite a long bungalow, and you'd probably... You could easily walk, I'd say, for about 40 seconds between one side of the house and next. And I remember my parents would have been at the far end of the house and the computer was in the other end of the house. And in between, it was just all the lights off, obviously, because you're trying to save electricity. But there was two bedrooms behind where I had the computer set up. So my, mm -hmm. the computer was facing the wall and there was these two empty bedrooms, pitch black in this dimly lit little, little section of the house with the computer on. And... um like when the porn was finished, I didn't really like 
genuinely it was it was uh yeah if it got too late and you knew that there was nothing going on it was a little bit um yeah, it was a little bit scary yeah your imagination runs wild with you yeah i suppose that's why this movie resonates there like every kid can relate to a scenario that kevin kind of has albeit not to the fantastical events that happened to him but you know, in our own more boring, mundane lives. Yeah, I guess we move into overall thoughts. Um, I mean, this, this it's like top five Christmas classics of all time, if not number one. Yeah. Um, it, I don't think I've ever had a Christmas where I haven't watched this movie. Ooh. It's well, other than rewatchable. Yeah, other than when I was too young to see it. I agree. Yeah. Yep. I, oh, well, re-watched that's what it. I mean. Like, from the first point I've seen it, I don't think I've missed a Christmas since. I rewatched it on Friday, um, and yet, I was just saying to my wife that it, between it's between it this and Muppets Christmas Carol. Um, I can't mm. decide which is the best one. I find I can watch Home Alone at any point between probably the middle of November to December. Yeah, um, that includes multiple viewings, and I'm it's a bit like Jurassic Park for me. Like I can be in any mood, and someone would say yeah. Home Alone, and be like, "Yeah, cool." Yeah, <laughs> it's summer. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, Eddie, remember that summer we put the Christmas tree up? That would, oh no, actually, that, that would, would right? that would have been April or yeah. March. Sorry, but we put the Christmas tree up. I think we watched Home Alone that night as well. Maybe we did. Yeah, that was great though. But that was technically okay. second Christmas. Yeah. yeah, we had snow. We've all had um, yes, we've had first Christmas. But what about <laughs> second Christmas? Yeah, Irish people don't get like Christmas till much later. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's a great little uh, story. Like obviously, the premise itself is quite simple. It I think it actually stems from uh, something that happened to John Hughes as a child, wasn't it? That he was left behind in in a mall or something. I've heard something and, about that, yeah. Yeah, um, I don't I don't know too much about it, but you know, Kevin's left home alone. His parents and family head off to uh, Paris. These crooks are kind of like scoping the neighborhood. Eventually, pick out his house. Get kind of uh, disturbed on their first attempt to break in. <laughs> I don't really know where to go from there um, without going into the actual plot points that we need to talk about. I mean, is there any other overall thoughts that you guys have? No, I mean, I think I'd just be um, talking the movie up a lot uh, because yeah, that's so much. Um, yeah, I I would be interested in hearing from someone who like is maybe ten or more years younger than myself and mm-hmm. saw it as a kid and what they thought. Um, does the movie translate as well to the next generations? Bleeding dope. Why didn't you just use a smartphone to call someone? Right. Yeah, but like that's that's a recurring thing in the movie is that like anyone who would possibly be helping him out who's nearby are terrible lazy bastards. Like the police yeah. in particular. But we'll get there's a lot of yeah, yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of convenient plot points, but I'm okay yeah waving Same. these away. Yeah. I forgive it a lot more in the first movie than I do in the second movie, that's for one. Um but look, I guess we'll just take the um the the plot points and from the top and uh just discuss those bits. So the movie just starts off with the McAllisters, you know, preparing for the next trip the next morning. Um, obviously, we got Joe Pesci's character. You don't know who, he's, who he is at this point. You think, kind of think he is just a cop, which I think is actually an interesting reveal in itself, like having one of the main crooks just present at the very start of the movie. Yeah, I mean, especially for kids, right? Like if mm. you're an adult watching this and you've seen any of Joe Pesci's work by 1990, you're like, well, he obviously has a bigger part than just... Yeah, like it's this bit part as a cop, but as a kid, you've no idea who Joe Pesci is. Mm. You just mm. see him as a cop. You really and shouldn't. If you were a kid at that point, you really shouldn't know who Joe Pesci is either. <laughs> yeah, no, you I mean, all really the movies in the eighties and seventies. No. Um, 
like the only inkling that a kid would know who Joe Pesci is is probably the good feathers from fucking <laughs> Animaniacs, and that's probably it. Who spoiler yeah. have been killed off in Animaniacs. What? What? Yeah. Oh my God. By by Boo. Oh my. Okay. Chicken Boo. Chicken Boo. Boo. Yeah, Chicken Boo killed him. Yeah. Jesus. Bloody Chicken Boo. Um, it's just a Chicken Boo. So like. The, the first scene of this, I actually think this sets up um, how he's left behind quite well. Mind you, the McAllister family are a family of idiots. But they're assholes I as well. Hate like this family so much. If my brother-in-law talked to my son that way, he would have <laughs> like, even, very stern words. Like, like the husband is absolutely the most condescending, useless individual. Yep. Like um, he's just like, "Where's my like, toothbrush? Where's my thing? Where's my this? Where's my yeah, that?" It's there's a lot, as Ed was saying, there's a lot of plot convenience, which you're just yeah. perfectly fine with going over. I do like the little um, subtleties, but they're kind of subtle. I definitely didn't pick one of them as much as a kid. Like the bit where, if we're going to move on a bit, they're all having the pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Kevin pushes Buzz because he gets pissed off because Buzz yeah. ate the last of his cheese pizza. Kevin, mm. being a kid, likes one kind of pizza and nothing else. He wants his margarita pizza and that's it. Man, Kevin. Um, yeah um so he pushes buzz and then this glass of milk falls over onto the tickets and the passports and again back to kevin's dad who picks up all this and gets the towel and like yeah, dabs yeah, him yeah. Down and inadvertently grabs kevin's ticket and the paper towel and chucks him in the bin mm. and that's how they don't notice later on yeah, in the yeah, movie yeah, that yeah. they're missing a ticket i've never picked up on that before that's mad did yeah. You, oh, no, yeah, that's uh, okay. what I was going yeah. to get at as well. But like, that's the first kind of, well, the first of many stupid things that McAllister do. You have all your passports and plane tickets together on the kitchen table when you've just ordered in food. Yeah. Put them somewhere else. God, this family. Um, and but they, then, yeah. uh, they ignore a police officer at their front door for an awfully long time. A very long time. Yeah, like what what could have happened? Your car was just stolen. Um but even before before they get to that point, I love the fact that the, the beginning of an incredibly funny running joke starts at that moment where the pizza guy turns up and knocks down the statue on the doorstep. Um and then he delivers the pizza, which me and Eddie worked out was um was it one hundred and twenty one hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten, ten pizzas, uh, twelve dollars each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten dollars, twelve. Just pizzas. to scare you a bit, that pizza delivery boy is almost in his fifties. Wow, God, he was nineteen. I hope, I hope he's a better driver than he, he was then. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, he was supposed to hit the post. But then again, like, oh, I'm not getting into the whole cheese pizza thing. I'll fucking, I'll give myself an aneurysm thinking about it. Um, but like, yeah. So basically, the uncle gives out to to Kevin in a way that I think every rational human being would be like, if you gave out to my kid that way, I'd be like, hey, park your park your jets there, mate. He just spilled a fucking bit of liquid. It's not the end yeah. of the world. Like park don't ever spoiled milk. <laughs> Look what you did, you little jerk. Here, come here to me, you park your jets. <laughs> <laughs> but like all oh, the other kids, like one of his cousins just turns around, or maybe it's his brother goes, Kevin, you're such a disease. Yeah. Oh, like his parents don't even defend him. They don't like, like. It's, but the scene, thing in, there's a yeah. great scene in there where the camera pans across and everyone's giving him the dead eyes, and his father's looking at him, and he just does this. He just turns away in disgust, like he yeah. can't look at him um, in the eye. Now, the reason for this, I think, is that it's if you're a kid watching this, you are Kevin, 
So you want to get the sense of like, oh, my family's really mean and blah, blah, blah. So I would say maybe it's obviously it's plot device. It's um, also kind of almost like an uh, unreliable narrator where it's like from a kid's yeah. perspective, anything that was said to him in that moment would be way over the top. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a fair point, but like I guess you're they're trying to make you see it, that maybe the family are overreacting, and that's how Kevin interpreted it. Yeah, but even like maybe either way, say, Kevin, come on, go to your room, and yeah, you know, definitely every time I watch this. Sorry, going up. Um, yeah, it's just I get shocked at the absolute overreaction of everyone. There's not one single person on the side, not even his mother, although she might not be in the room at the time, but she does subsequently banish him to the fucking attic. It is far worse in the second film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I suppose his mother uh, Catherine O'Hara marches him upstairs, and this is where Kevin's just starts. Well, I suppose in watching as an adult, you kind of go, "He's just being a little prick." But then again, if you're being hard done by, you're going to kind of lash out a bit. Um, where she's like, "Go, go to your room." He goes, "Or go upstairs." I am upstairs, idiot. Because she opens the door and goes, That's, the, I third just yeah. "The third floor." Uh, That's it, the third floor. He was got like. But he was already going to be sleeping there. The only difference is he was going to be sleeping with his cousin Fuller, yeah. who wets the bed, who was played by um, Colin Culkin's brother, Kevin. Kevin, Kevin Culkin, yeah. Kieran, Kieran, Kieran. Kieran. Yeah. Right, um, I also like the the when she is marching upstairs, she says good night, Kevin, and he goes, say good night, Kevin. Good night, Kevin. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Such good delivery. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, this is just instead of going into that later. Holy crap, Macaulay Culkin's good in this movie. He's very, very good. Yeah. Um, apparently, he was ca- cast, well, not really cast, but the role was kind of written for him off his um, uh, portrayal in Uncle Book. Oh, yeah? That yeah, so did, so obviously, I, I don't know whether Chris Columbus directed or John Hughes directed Uncle Book, but when he saw um, Macaulay Culkin's acting, especially the scene where he's bouncing off Giant Candy, he was just like, yeah. this kid is amazing. Um, yeah, and, and it's funny kind of he quite... didn't get a scene with John Candy in this movie. Yeah, yeah, mad actually. Um, so then the whole incident happens. Dumbass husband forgets to plug the clock back in, which, by the way, did they not check the fucking clock before going to bed? Now, this is another thing, right? Speaking as someone who actually still has an ancient alarm clock that I kind of keep almost as a memento. You have a radio um, clock? I have beside a radio your, alarm clock. Beside your VHS player. Beside my VHS player still in my parents' house. Um, <laughs> these old alarm clocks come with slots for batteries they do in case the power so, ever goes if you are super paranoid about missing your plane or, or and your taxi to the airport and so on you'd put an extra like a new fresh battery in that alarm clock before you set it mm-hmm. so they have no excuse <laughs> absolutely um, and this is just me being a pedantic asshole of course uh, like they're not but, exactly a poor family like they're quite wealthy that's you it's know, kind of made out that they're quite wealthy this actually happened. Now, it didn't happen the morning, but before myself and my family went on holidays once, the day before, the power was gone all fucking day. Eddie, are you hearing that music in your head and just imagining Rob's family running through to the airport? The worst thing was, like, we just we couldn't have any food. We couldn't cook anything. Like, we'd all, we had, like, you know, <laughs> when you're going to clear out the fridge because you're going we on holidays. Couldn't cook anything. Yeah, it was awful. But then, uh, what's worse, right? Is the I don't know if you've ever had this happen. Does the alarm starts going off? So the alarm starts going off because the power is gone for so long. Like the house alarm. Um, yeah, like the phone watch. No, no, the, like house alarm, literally just ringing. 
Um, I was doing it all night. My dad ends up taking the speaker out of the alarm. Um, <laughs> <sighs> that was annoying. I want to see this movie. <laughs> I like yeah. that it sounds like Rob He's is not... Mullen. Do you know why, like, when you're removed from, oh, a, from a traumatizing oh. bit of it, you're able to laugh about it? Rob is reliving this, like... I am now just reliving this. It's, he, I can't you look remember so pissed off. Because <laughs> I, I remember being a little kid and just hearing this... Because even with the speaker kind of gone or muffled, you could still hear it all night. We had to wake up... You know when you have your kid and you have to wake up stupidly early to go to the airport? Mm. Um, yeah. But the holiday was pretty good. <laughs> You you were hoping to be Kevin McAllister and be be forgotten so you could lie in. Yeah, see the problem is I didn't have a home alone house. God, I also have way too much family that they would have just shown up and taken me away. I hate to be that guy, but I'm gonna to have to move this along. Um, <laughs> we're not even past the fucking airport. Bit. Um, yeah. right, anyway. He's still in the house with his parents. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, he's not even home alone. Thirteen yet. minutes. The main villain of this. Oh character. no, no, it's, it's not thirteen minutes, Rob. We we stopped oh, no, no. at one point. Uh, oh, yeah. you're right. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're about half hour in. The main villain of this movie shows up massively early, and I'm not talking about uh, Harry. I'm talking about um, the neighbor across the street, the Murphys. That Murphy kid is the reason Kevin misses yeah. this flight. Yeah. He is he's, such an annoying little shit, isn't he? He's in an automatic drive. There's no, there's no automatic steering. He's in a four wheel drive. And he just now that said, stuff. Yeah, there's kids like that though. Oh, they absolutely. Just keep talking. Oh, but if he just starts talking. going through their bags, yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, you go take out have a good time, parents. Know? And he's the reason why um, Kevin's cousin miscounts. Yeah, yeah, she counts him as Kevin. Yeah, yeah. And then he uh, walks away and goes, when she's counting one, two, seven, twelve, forty-nine. <laughs> Buzz. Just a great guy. Um but then again, yeah, so obviously the, the family get into two minivans. They assume Kevin is in the other van, whoever's counting. Um you know, to take off. I mean, in all the commotion, I'm still surprised Kevin didn't hear anything. Um whatever. Because the plot needs to happen. And it um, was in the attic, though. That is true. That is true. And we don't know how insulated that attic was. It was probably fairly well insulated. Um, and we get the amazing classic running through the airport music by John Williams and them just rocking up to the flight casually. Oh, God, I miss pre 9 11 flying. <laughs> just running yeah. all the way to the airport, getting up to the gate. Did we miss it? No, you're just in time. Get on quick. <laughs> no oh, security yeah. checks. No, nothing. It's an international flight as well. It is. And that's the, yeah, that's a mad thing. And then you're one going, uh, don't worry, I'll make sure everyone gets on board. Yeah. You don't know who's getting on board. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, I also, it's such a plot device, right? But I do love the artifice of all the parents sitting first class. <laughs> Leave the kids to annoy strangers. Favorite uh, references in this movie, which he didn't realize uh, the characters would know. Yeah, so the so you hear um, Catherine O'Hara saying, "Do you feel like such a heel being up here in the in the front of the plane?" And that's a wrestling term. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Um, so I also like. I would love to see if we could get like the perspective of the kids in the other class. Yeah, um, someone having the exact same reaction, like at the same time as Catherine O'Hara, like Buzz going, "Lads, I feel like we forgot something here." 
you know, yeah, even more than that, I just want like one scene of the kids being crazy on the plane and some poor stranger, like say um, Steve Martin in Planes, Trains, stuck yeah. in the middle of them all. <laughs> yeah. oh, that would have been, been cool though, because they'd be like, oh God, is Kevin annoying someone? And a Steve Martin. <laughs> that would be class, actually. Yeah, that would have been good. It would be a great in-the-universe joke. So obviously, yeah, they, they, they end up flying and then we get the reveal of Kevin waking up walking downstairs going, what the hell's going on? I always love this, like where he's walking through the house, just slowly kind of days realizing what the fuck is actually going on here? Where is everybody? Yeah, um, right. Uh, you see like the, a few of the spillages from the night before. You see uh, the the TV that he sticks on and he's just going to sit at the at the table watching some rubbish on TV. Like we, mm-hmm. we did a kids when you had no choice what to watch. It was just, if yeah. it was on TV, it was good. RT1, Network 2, there it is. <laughs> I woke up um, at half four in the morning once because I woke up and I was like, it's Saturday morning. I can now watch TV. And I woke up <laughs> and there was some random black and white film on. Oh, like, man. Brilliant. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and my mom heard me. She goes, go back to bed now. <laughs> it's um, Saturday, ma'am. <laughs> I love the part, like, he's kind of freaking out going, oh, my God, did they actually go to the airport? And he runs around, he runs outside the house, he runs to the driveway, and he sees the cars and goes, the car's still here. They didn't go to the airport because he doesn't clock, what, a mini, like, did he, that they got picked up in taxi. He goes, oh, oh my God. Um, and he kind of runs back in and he thinks those wishes come true. Um, actually, God, just thinking about that from the perspective now, I keep, like, being an adult, I don't realize that anymore, that he doesn't have real knowledge that his family's just in Paris. Yeah. He thinks they're gone. Yeah, <laughs> like he, he basically, he knows, before he goes to sleep that night, he, you do hear the over um, overdub of, I wish my family would disappear. Mm-hmm. And, and then you see the whole Santa Yeah, the wind, uh, the wind and the electricity and, yeah. 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 Um, we so should also talk about quickly about the old man who we we get we got a, a little introduction to one of his neighbors, old man Marley. Yeah, old man Marley, who Kevin is told. He Kevin McAllister is told by Buzz that uh, this his bigger brother that this guy dissolves dead bodies in uh, in salt. salt. Yeah. And so, spreads um, their ashes on the it's driveway. really one of those like proper kid stories, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's a, I mean, I love those as a kid. I was like, this, this that's your imagination run wild with you as well. It gives yep. you, yeah, it makes you, it lets you make up stories yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then obviously we're treated to the fantastic montage, like the basically the trailer of this movie, where it's like my, uh, I made my family disappear and it's just him doing absolutely everything he wants in the house, jumping on the bed, eating popcorn, running around screaming like, and stealing all the stuff from the other rooms. I Sledding mean, down the stairs. He, well, he does hey, that the next day, doesn't he? Oh, you're right. He does, yeah. Because I think he goes through uh, Buzz's um, yeah. stuff first. Where he finds a picture of Buzz's girlfriend and says, woof. Yes. Meaning that this is a quite an unattractive girl, but that's actually Buzz's or the director's uh, son who's mm-hmm. uh, in a wig because they didn't want to cast someone and insult the poor girl, which I think yep. is a lovely thing to do. Yeah, that's a really awesome fucking thing to do. Um, kudos to Chris Columbus for making that decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I suppose like for, for the first bit of the movie, you kind of just it's Kevin kind of realizing he has to kind of survive on his own here, uh, realize that he needs to do laundry and 
get groceries and stuff. So we're treated to him trying to get money for that, where he steals Buzz's life savings. And in doing so, destroys the cabinets in uh, or the shelving in his room. Yep. And releases the tarantula. Yep. We came up with a rough estimate on what Buzz's life savings are. Yeah. It's pretty small, isn't it? Um, What was the Eddie again? It was about 70-something dollars. Because we should have written this down when we were watching it. it, it yeah. It's roughly whatever he spent because he, he only took a couple of notes from the box when it opened. Mm-hmm. Um, so like he bought you know normal stuff from the cash register and I think that came to like 20 something then he bought yeah. one cheese pizza for himself which was $12 because he gave the he gave the pizza man a 20 cent tip yeah because it was 11.80 and he said keep the change because <laughs> you see him put down $12 yep yep mm. um, so I, I think it came out roughly around Actually, it might have been way less, Eddie. It might have been just about forty dollars or something. Yeah, I think and so. Like, because it, cause I don't think he bought anything yeah. for the traps. But it's such a um, such a kid's perspective again of like your life savings, forty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Wow. And like, yeah, back then, you know, imagine you know when you're a kid, like whatever, ten pounds or ten euro, goes a long way as a kid. Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean the. I guess that the kind of first reveal we get of the rubber bandits are rubber bandits. Fuck me, wet bandits. <laughs> That's the Irish remake. Oh my god, the the wet bandits is um is it Showing the first the house night the horse? That, yeah, the first night that Kevin's home alone, <laughs> they actually tried to they start recording um, a podcast. They tried to break in and he like turns on all the lights and then he runs in upstairs underneath the bed. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. They're coming into the basement, I think. Or the back think door. So. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um because like you have that scene of him saying, Okay, Marv, this is the big one. The I'm silver tuna. This one out. That's yeah. the silver tuna, Marv. <laughs> we saw that there was that Christmas jumper that has like that silver, silver tuna. tuna. <laughs> <laughs> weird terminology oh my goodness they, uh, yeah it's such a weird tuna. script silver tuna heel yeah um so yeah, yeah he gets so, to scare them off then and they yeah yeah um and i guess he, he, where I, I can't remember how he figures out they are coming back the next day because when he sets up the house well that um, doesn't happen for another day or two i think at least one more day because they the wet bandits figure out that they sh- can go back and that the house is empty. Well, no, mm. they see they come back the next night, right? And he, Kevin has set up uh, the Michael Jordan um, cutout and the mannequins and the yeah. train to move them around the place. But they they which... found that out because they had been robbing another house that where um, Kevin's yeah. dad had left a voicemail saying yeah. they're in Paris. So but that's they at least... that they weren't there. I think that's two days after. No, that's the, the next day. So no, it's the next after day. the first night, yeah, after the first night is when the, the they go around the back and he turns on the lights and then they leave. And then the second night is uh, yeah. when they, during the day they're robbing one of the houses and they get a voicemail from Kevin's dad and they say, "Okay, well we'll, we'll go over tonight." Okay. So how? And that's why he goes like, "Oh, maybe maybe they came back from Paris." No, maybe they came back from Paris. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and is that that's when um they run into Ke- so they run into Kevin after he did uh, some of his shopping, yeah, and um 
but they don't realize it's the McAllister kid until like no. basically he starts walking and they follow him suspiciously and then they wonder why he's running because they're following well, him suspiciously. They nearly run over him. Mm. Now what they did in that is so there's a the shot is they to keep Macaulay Culkin from actually being hurt is they reverse the shot. So oh, yeah. when the van it's really well done actually yeah, the van is up against his face and then they reverse the car instead of the other way around. Yeah. So he he does the reaction the other way around. So he closes the mountain and then goes. Yeah. Um, so that's when he finds out what time the they're going to appear. No. No, you see, they 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 lose him and they're not sure where he goes because he runs into the church. Yeah. Remember, or into the crib. Um, they 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 know that he's home home alone because they wait after the morning after the big party and they see that the place is completely fucking dead and they're like now the place is dead we don't understand and then they see him kind of coming out cutting a tree and going back in yeah Mm -hmm. and that's when they harry i think mar no harry goes up um to the window window. and he sees sees colic hanging the ornaments and colic colican sees him in the reflection of the ornament he goes dad can you come here a minute and he knows then that he's all alone um, there's the another whole... bit there. Yeah, there's another bit there where it came in the morning, mm-hmm. and Kevin plays the movie. Yeah, um, with oh. the because <laughs> he and he had like done that already with um, the Pizza Boy. AC said fifteen percent. <laughs> yeah, so he, and he Let's uses throw. a firecrackers, so uh, it scares off Marv, and he's like snakes. I know I've heard that name before. Snakes, snakes, um, snakes. Don't know when no snakes. <laughs> And it, it, that that film was actually made specifically for Home Alone. Yeah, Angels right. with Dirty Faces. Apparently, after the movie came out, there was such a high demand in video shops and blockbusters across the United States asking for. Have, have you got like uh, Angels, Angels with, with Dirty, Dirty Wings? Wings. Not, it's Angels with Dirty Wings. Is yeah, Angels, you're right. Angels yeah. With Dirty Wings. Or, yeah. yeah, and then the sequel to Home Alone Two is Angels with Even No Angels with Filthy Filthy Souls. Wings. That's yeah, yeah. And then yeah, Angels, Angels with Even Filthy Wings. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, filthy, filthy souls. Yeah. Jesus, we're. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We've created a whole universe yep. here. It's, it's because it's, there's it's, an actual it's, movie called Angels with Dirty Faces <laughs> from 1938. Really? Uh, yes, there is. So it's oh, obviously dear. kind of a piss take it out, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, like the the whole kind of pre setup of the house. I mean, this this is the part where he goes. Um... Well, actually, before you go into this, right? Sorry, we, yeah, we do get flashbacks to Paris, where the family are are discussing how they're going to get back, and this is where Ray and I figured out what days and for how long he's actually alone for. Mm. So they get to Paris, realize that Kevin's gone. She makes the call to the guards to go over and investigate and see if Kevin is there. And then they figure out that, oh, there's there's actually a flight on Friday. Laziest uh, police ever, by the way. Tell her yeah, to well, get her we, kids again. Yeah, what? <laughs> but she, the, so Kevin's dad says, oh, there's a flight on Friday, which mm. will get us in. And she says, that's two whole days away. I'm not waiting that long to get back to my kid. So... Yeah. They left okay. on a Tuesday. Yeah, they left on a Tuesday, and then they come back on the Friday. Yeah, mm. that, that's, that's what I had to. Yeah, yeah. 
All, all unnecessary. You don't have to know this. But... No. <laughs> well, they do when you've seen the movies like yeah, several yeah. dozen times. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose like he knows that they're basically going to come back the next night because they, it's the MO that has happened the last three nights. So before he kind of sets up the house, he goes and visits the local church, I guess, just to kind of pray for his family to come back. And this is where we meet old man Marley again. And Kevin realizes that he's a little judgmental shit. And he shouldn't judge books by their covers. And Obama Marley, you know, comes over intimidatingly, slams his hand down again. Goes, You're a little boy and he lives next door, right? And um, sits down with him. You know, this old fellow just sitting down with a kid in church. Nothing wrong there. And Kevin learns to get over his preconceptions of this person who's just trying to be nice. So wish him Merry Christmas. Yeah. Kevin uh- wishes him Merry Christmas. And there's kind of a script writing thing there as well, which is like the wisdom of innocence or youth mm. um where like kevin spews these profoundly like amazing statements to the old man teaching him like maybe he should get uh, reconciled with his son mm-hmm. um which is something you know just wouldn't come out of a little kid that age but it's yeah. a movie so like it's perfectly fine because it's interesting writing um yeah it's quite a, quite good and it like makes kevin seem to be this very wise little kid yeah but you're... The film, this. yeah yeah i love the scene it's uh quiet where you know the rest of the film is manic. The choir is beautiful as well. Metal. Yeah, I, yeah, it's really gorgeous. love that uh, rendition. And you really feel for old man Marley in it, and all you want to do is give him an old hug and make sure he's all right for Christmas on his own. Although it makes you wonder what the fuck happened between him and his son. He said he didn't care to see you anymore. Yeah, said, and then his son said the same. It's it's clear as day. <laughs> yeah, but he, he couldn't get what any clear. happened was. I said some things I didn't mean. He said some things he didn't mean. And then I said, I don't care to see him anymore. Yeah. And then they, they said, okay. He said, okay. And that was it. Seems a bit extreme to be honest, but uh, yeah. And that, but that's the point of the movie is like yeah. people do these things and they forget that, you know, you should ask forgiveness sometimes. Yeah. Family is messed up. It's very difficult. And especially that's around Christmas, especially around but Christmas, that's, be very hard. Again, like a, another little screenwriting trick is that old man, is like a microcosm for Kevin, right? Mm. Where Kevin, at that early point in the movie, well, not this point, but the early point in the movie, hates his family because they, they do treat him badly. And he obviously has his own poor childish moments too. Mm. Um, so they have that kind of breakup and it allows that sort of small reflection on Kevin where he goes, you shouldn't let these little things get to you so much because they can have such big and lasting consequences um, that you might not have foreseen otherwise. And so yeah. it's that little reconciliation that reflects on Kevin's family's reconciliation too. That's actually a good point. I never thought that old man Marley is kind of the same scenario that Kevin's in, in uh, advanced years, personal, like where he is, has been home alone for years. And this is the way people perceive him. Like no one welcomes him in because he's home alone. They assume something is wrong. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like a showing how easily you can mend that situation if you are willing to put yourself out there so that's why kevin says you know you know why why don't you just call him and the old guy says well i'm afraid that if i don't if i call him he won't want to speak to me and kevin just innocently says aren't you a bit old to be afraid and he says well you're never too old to be afraid it is yeah, actually mutable you can be too old for a lot of things but never never yeah. too old to be afraid yeah it's brilliant it's a lovely it's a, bit, a great bit of dialogue considering a film that has the word heel in it. <laughs> and, and <laughs> silver tuna. 
this, this, this comes out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. I suppose then, yeah, Kevin gets the, the strength that he needs to think about Murder it. Some people. He has to protect it. And on to the we bananas get, part great, of it. But we get some great score as he's running home. Now, yeah. just a side bit here. This movie really echoes of uh, Harry Potter to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Harry Potter echoes Home Alone. Yeah, that, exactly, exactly. Yeah, like I know John Williams is sort of almost famous for that. Um, where he'll have the sort it's of same. It's the same songwriter, right? It's John Williams, composer. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to be, sorry yeah. To be yeah. pedantic. Com- composer. So like he's obviously for some reason those two themes are very very close to each other. But I think that's why, for me, especially the Harry, the first Harry Potter movie feels like a Christmas movie. Yeah, because like subconsciously, the music is Home Alone music. And I mean, you can watch Harry. Harry Potter is very Christmassy anyway, because Christmas always appears in it. Yeah, but it, they yeah. all got released at Christmas as well. It is um, is great music. Um, the sweeping strings and things at times. Yeah, uh, no, that really. Yes, I do love that kind of breakdown. Yeah, Yeah, it's almost for Carol of the Bells. Yeah, Yeah. brilliant. Um, And then we get Operation Christ. What is it called? Um, I know in the segment is Operation Ho Ho Ho. Does anyone know what the operation is called in the first movie? No, look it up. Maybe it's Operation Safe House, maybe or Operation Treehouse. Uh, anyways, we'll look it up afterwards. Um, and we see Kevin lay out the dinky cars at the front door, the ornaments by the window. He's uh, greasing the steps in the basement, uh, icing both the steps to the basement and the front door. And my personal favorite, the object, I don't know what the hell this object is. It must be for heating pipes in a house. But the hook thing that hooks onto the front door to heat up, Oh, yeah, that confused the hell out of me. What is that for? We've like, been trying to figure this out for a DIY thing. Um, to like, I think that's an old school boiler heater thing that basically yeah, it looks like an element heater and it hooks, it hooks on like either inside a water tank or it hooks onto a pipe leading into a water tank to heat up water. Maybe, yeah, it's, it's terrifying that he even thought of it. Yeah, this house has some crazy stuff. Like he has a blowtorch. Now the interesting thing as well is visually they set up a lot of this early on in the movie when Kevin goes down to the basement. Yeah, They're, like watching the movie, like God, that basement is full of junk, and it all comes into play. Yeah, I think that's where you see the first uh, Michael Jordan um, thing and the mannequin for the first time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Eddie spotted a little uh, goof here with the Kevin's pre-killing spree meal, didn't you? Yeah, so you see in one shot he has like a broccoli, carrots, and some sort of chicken dish, like preheat dish that he's he's putting on the table first. And then it cuts away, and then it comes back, and he has macaroni and cheese uh, on, on the plate. Mm. Funny, because this is the first time after re-watching it, that I realized that too. Because um, I'd read it online, someone saying, oh, you know, Kevin's last meal with macaroni and cheese. And in my head, I was like, no, no, he has he has like chicken and stuff, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it doesn't really stick out too much, but it is a bit weird. It's no, kind of weird it's that they swapped it for macaroni and cheese because I think it's almost a, a bit of a subliminal nod to how he's grown up that he doesn't instantly think of, oh, I want yeah. pizza. Or something I want like mac or chicken 
veg and stuff yeah, like a grown up. Yeah, I and, it, and I, I think, think swapping that for mac cheese is a bit of a cheat. But they don't really get a bite of it, though, does he? No, no, he doesn't. And I always get annoyed with that because I'm like, he knows what time they're coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're coming at nine o'clock. Would he not he be looking to at like candles and everything for himself? That's yeah. a very late time for a kid to be having dinner as well. And didn't he do a? Didn't he do a fucking pray prayer as well? Yeah. Cut out the prayer there. Yeah, cut out the prayer and the candles and get, your, get a bit of food. You. Um, You've a long night ahead of you, Kevin. Ah, Jesus, yeah. Then uh, quickly on to the bloody... Actually, sorry. The house. Here's a potential thing. Maybe he poisoned the food. Well, you maybe thought he were going to walk through the house yeah, and fucking maybe, have a bite of it? Yeah, maybe he ate the chicken, right? And he sits down with the macaroni and cheese having poisoned it or put like broken glass into it. But he grabs the fork, though. Well, maybe he's just going to mix it up and look like he'd eaten some of it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Doesn't he say that. this delicious macaroni and cheese? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> hold him away. Much Don't let him away with it. Oh, God. Um, no. So quickly on to the assault on the house, uh, or should we say the assault on the fucking... Precinct. Wet bandits. Precinct on um, the house. <laughs> the raid yeah. house. Like, these lads, like, are destroyed. Like even from the first, <laughs> yeah, from the yeah. first fucking set oh, piece, I could think of the two of them, uh, one of them slipping down the steps, and one of them, both actually, actually, both of them slipped down the steps for the first time. Yeah, the physical comedy is hilarious. It's yeah. like, it's just great. This top notch. I'm happy enough to jump around with some of this because uh, there's just yeah. so much we mentioned. Um, but it kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, I know we're used to it now, but if yeah. you think about the movie as a whole, the movie has been fairly grounded up to this point. Yes. And then it's just and, like mental. when you see like these guys walk up to the top of stairs and suddenly <laughs> the bit where Marv um, falls down the basement and then is trying to get up. And, you know, he's like, I think he gets the crowbar onto the like the handle yeah. of the door. Yeah. Leaves himself up, and then his feet split apart. Yeah, so it just has me in hysterics every time. It's such perfect timing, and then the camera shots overhead and everything. You just see, jump. and I love the effort he's trying to do to get the door open with the with the crowbar. And then and it's open like, already. Open. <laughs> <laughs> but like then the uh, the part where like Joe Pesci's character is trying to get up the stairs, like he slips, and then he's like holding onto the railing the whole way, yeah. and then he just holds onto the door and it's like. <laughs> I definitely like tense more when I watch this as an adult, right? Where you can yeah. you can empathize with the pain you're going. Oh no! And like when he dumps oh, in the no. snow, and you hear that weird crinkling noise after like oh, he takes yeah. out. Oh, it's like oh yeah, yep, yeah. Ah. I love the I love the the callback in Home Alone two to that scene because he still has the scar on his hand. He still has an M on his hand. Yeah. Or w and he's always whatever. really nervous about door handles. He always like taps them yeah, before yeah. he has to open. <laughs> but this, this is the, the next one. Is the word? Is it? Oh, the, the the iron in the face is next. <laughs> oh my god! Down the laundry chute. Down the laundry. Goes to turn on right. the light bulb and just. Yeah. But the the actual makeup on Daniel Stern on that moment. I think I said to you Eddie when we watched it, it was like it hits him and gets up and it looks like yeah iron hit the guy in the face was, but the makeup yeah. is Great astonishing makeup. it's yeah. brilliant like i just commented on that again when i rewatched it the other day yeah it's incredible just a perfect like red indent and you see like the little hole for the steam yeah. um yeah well, <laughs> so, know, that, that, that's another thing i'm sure we'll do home alone 2 next year but the the same makeup in home alone 2 when the bricks are thrown and you see the little thing oh, yeah, yeah. on his head from the... Oh, <laughs> it's seamless. Like, 
I think we watched that as well the, the weekend Eddie was down here. But like, it's almost instantaneous. The the swap over and the brick indent yep. is perfect on his forehead. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's unbelievable. It's so well done. But the next the next bit to Marv is by far the worst of the whole it's either, like, either well, film. It's also like the one of the least lethal, right? It's just one yeah. of those things everyone can empathize with. Yeah. yeah. Of like but the nail like, going through. through a rusty nail. Yeah, he's walking through tar that uh that because, I don't know where he got the tar from, but he put tar like, down. Well, you, you pitch a roof with tar, so yeah. I can understand having it like a half a can of tar somewhere. So Marv's shoes get stuck in it, and then there's this other goo going up the stairs, and his socks come off, and Kevin has put a nail on one it's of the It's the noise. It's, it's the oh, Hold on, I'll yeah, show you if I can do it. It's, it's just... Ah! Yep. And he just and falls like, back straight. It's not even like, out my foot. It's just like he just goes, ah! like a perfect angle backwards. But like he ends, up, uh, he ends up... Like leaving the basement altogether and then going in through the window. Yeah, where he subsequently steps on the Christmas decorations in his bare feet again. <laughs> he doesn't even look down. No. Oh my goodness. Anyone who's ever stepped on anything in their socks or bare feet knows that feeling. And I can only imagine how it feels if it's like Christmas decorations snapping on your feet. I mean, I'm still young enough to remember glass Christmas decorations. God, yeah. Like, I don't think they really have them anymore. But even if you had an ornament, like if you stepped on a a round circular ornament, the sound of that, well, Lego Lego. would be pretty bad, yeah. Yeah. And this again is another very non-lethal one. It's just the ridiculousness of it. Where Harry uh, walks through the door and has the silicon put in his face for the cling film. He pulls mm-hmm. it off, and it sets off the fan because it pulls his pencil off the fan, and he gets yeah. feathers thrown at him. <laughs> and I love this so much because of uh, the delivery, yeah, um, from Daniel Stern. It's like, why are you dressed up like a chicken? <laughs> it's like, why are you well, dressed up like a shoes? chicken, Harry? Why you take your shoes off? And this is obviously where Kevin shouts from upstairs, I'm up here, you giant horse's ass. And the two of them walk into the living room and go, Vloop, in the classic kind of yep. over the micro machines. Can I just say that the this the, the bit with the feathers is so great because there's no damage is going to be done from that. Nope. That is purely <laughs> to yeah, demoralize. Yep. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> you're a chicken. <laughs> Um, but then, it's like so the next ridiculous. scene, the next scene with the paint cans is just incredible. Like the fact that, like, they're walking upstairs and he threw a paint can at force. Like, that's head trauma right there. And that's it. That has to be one of the most lethal things he does to them. Like, a yeah, probably half full to full paint can to the face. Yeah, it causes right. them to fall off the stairs and like break their spines. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, because Marv goes down first, and then Harry goes. I'll get him, Marvin. He walks upstairs and paint can in his face, and he falls down on top of him. Where I think uh, that's where uh, Harry loses his gold tooth. Yeah. yeah. Um, you missing a tooth? Get freaking, 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 freaking. Um. Then again, this I'm trying to think of how do do we get to the part with the um spider? Well, he's just he ducks under the tripwire right and i think they rush up the stairs and they manage to grab him like harry just grabs his ankle just as he's getting away that's right yeah um after no sorry marv grabs his ankle because harry tripped on the tripwire yeah 
And yeah, then, so he, I got him. He, yeah, I got him. I absolutely, I was watching this, and every time I think this, you know, um, Marv pulls the tarantula off his face and it ends up on Harry. Yeah. From Harry's perspective, there is no tarantula. He just sees Marv standing over him with a crowbar, telling him, <laughs> don't move. And then don't. whaps him with a crowbar. <laughs> like, he just hits him with a crowbar for no reason. I quote that all the time from both perspectives. Marv, what are you doing, Marv? Don't move. We have to talk about the scream, though, when this yeah. is put oh, on Oh, it's face. just... Brilliant. Um, apparently, Daniel Stern was petrified about scaring the spider. That he agreed to do it, but he wasn't going to scream with the spider on his face. Yeah. So the scream is actually overdubbed. Mm-hmm. Um, which I completely one hundred percent understand. I mean, oh yeah. He probably got a better performance for it. To be honest, because probably, that's, yeah. that's an iconic scream. Scream to me. And um, yes. And yet. And yet. Next year, lads. Best scream. <laughs> no. In cinema no. history, that appears in the next one. <laughs> um, so, this is where Kevin goes upstairs into the uh, third floor, uses what I believe is the uh, handlebars of a bicycle to glide across, and the stunt totally performed by McCall Culkin, <laughs> definitely not performed by a man with a really bad wig. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the stunt works actually okay. Whoa. Um, no, it looks terrible. It looks like a fully grown man with a really bad... It looks like Ellen DeGeneres like on a fucking handlebar ride. That said, right, I was was re-watching Die Hard the other day and there's loads of bits in the original Die Hard where there's like doing the fist fights with the Russian guy. Well, I don't know if he's supposed to be Russian, but he is Russian. He was a Russian ballet dancer. He's got the long hair. Um, And it's so clearly not Bruce Willis at times, especially like when he tumbles down the stairs and stuff, Mm. which is perfectly fine. But whatever way the action is filmed just isn't as slick as even some films back then never mind some of the action films now and mm-hmm. um, all the stuff with harry and marv i don't know about you guys i can't spot any stunt work i know it must no, be there it's um, pretty good i'm sure if you i was a stunt guy or knew more about movies um, i think I spot the, the, no, the, the reason i think the reason behind that is that they're so uh, unique looking that I think as soon as you dress anyone up in that attire, your brain just can't process it being a different person. Like, yeah. like Harry is small, he's got a beanie on most of the time, a heavy coat. So, unless you see his face, you can't really make it out. It's not him. And the same but with Daniel, yeah. like he's tall. As long as he got a bit of a kind of fuzzy, afro ish haircut, it's so well filmed. If you think about it, like even the foot thing, you just see the foot and the nail. Yeah. And all these other bits and pieces, like the paint cans, I think you see it from the back perspective or side perspective. Mm. Um, as I say, with the tarantula, he didn't really scream at the time. So all these little tricks they used. Unfortunately, so film them. good when the spider was on Joe Pesci, because it's just... No, that's clearly... Like, the colour of the spider yeah. changes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also a lot easier to get stunt doubles for adults. I You obviously have to cast an, an, an adult as the stunt double for Macaulay Culkin who's this nine-year-old. So, uh, yeah, it's th- that scene is very clearly this man going across the fucking um, wire. I love uh, Daniel Stern's rationalization as to what happened. They, they go, he went out through the window and, and then Marv Mar- Mar- just goes, maybe he committed suicide. Yeah. <laughs> just like straight Oh, <laughs> my that, God. I also, love, I also love the, uh, hey, you guys, I'm going to call the cops. Quick, he's going to call the cops. 
from a treehouse. <laughs> like Come at on, this point, um, they are trying to rob the house. It's all about revenge. <laughs> oh, they just want the kid. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, we get we get a look at one of like Marv's big fears of heights from this point, where he's like through the window, and he's just like, "What are you scared, man?" Those guys really don't know how to shimmy across on a rope either. Like they do it with just their hands. Yeah, <laughs> like get your legs up there. <laughs> um, um, yeah, and this again has to be one of the very painful moments. <laughs> Um, yeah, so like obviously they're cr- halfway across, and Kevin cuts the rope, a, a very obviously not taut rope with the hedge clippers. Yeah. It's literally flapping in the wind. So, however, he managed to do that, fair play to him. Um, and then he obviously runs over towards, which I believe is the Murphy's house. Yeah, it's the one they had left the sink uh, mm. full of clothes and the tap running. Yeah, so he has made habits. the phone call. So, he made the phone call from the Murphy's house upstairs. And then proceeded to kind of run through the Murphy's house. And he was, I think he was going to leave My through the basement. Yep. Now, <laughs> can I, I just circle Murphy. to that for one second? Um, as an adult who now has to pay his own goddamn mortgage, um, the robbing the house is one thing. Flooding the entire house is so much worse. Yeah. Like, if they just robbed the house, you'd be like, oh, okay, so some possessions, this sucks. He, they destroyed the house. Like... Kevin is running through that basement and it's up to like past waste, his waist yeah. at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's at like least a two, foot, two foot of yeah. water. Yeah. It's a calling card. <laughs> but it why? Did it again, didn't you? <laughs> so mean. Um, you know that? But of course, because they were in the house, they um they know it well enough to cut him off and they catch him in the kitchen. And this is another bit of like whatever the prop or and set designers and things that I love when um is it Marv, I think, picks up Kevin and hangs him by the hook. I can't see the harness on Kevin. I was really looking for it the other day. If, probably if you zoomed in, you could might see it. Because um, he's just hanging from like a coat hook. There's no way his jumper would be able to, even a little... They have, well, unless they got it like a jumper that was reinforced in some way. But like, obviously, there's like a little harness on Kevin. And maybe the door is obviously not just a door. It's a proper wall with some reinforcement on it. Little um, uh, known fact is apparently um, Joe Pesci did actually bite down on Macaulay Culkin's mm-hmm. fingers a bit. And he was left with teeth marks. Oh, no, he, he drew blood. He kept Macaulay Culkin has a little scar on his finger from it. Yeah. I think I've heard that uh, before. And this is the return of old man Marley, who basically, right before Kevin's fingers are about to be bitten off, he hits uh, Marv on the head with a shovel. Harry turns around and he knocks Harry out. He, he kills him, <laughs> he hits him with a snow shovel. They're dead. They're, if not dead, yeah. they're going to have some concussion. Oh, there you go. Anyone's ever watched Archer before, it's super bad for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, he gets Kevin out of the house, doesn't apparently make a statement to the cops or anything um, about rescuing a kid from these two guys because Kevin then proceeds to clean up the entire McAllister house by himself and wave at the sticky bandits or wet bandits being taken away. That's terrible. Old Man Marley has something to answer for here because he goes, let's get you home. Asks him clearly on the way to the house, no questions about where his family are. Yeah, yeah, he just leaves him alone, home alone. Yeah. I assume your parents <laughs> are inside. Fine. I'll see you later. Yeah, <laughs> so long. You're probably fine now. This wasn't a traumatic experience or anything. Yeah. Also, why yeah. were you in that house? <laughs> yeah, but also, Kevin knows old man Marley lives beside him, met him in the yeah. church, and didn't say to him, These two but guys I mean, are trying to break into my house. This is the yeah. thing, all right. And this was kind of the conceit about 
setting old man Marley as this creepy old man because yeah. if he was just a kindly old neighbor man he knew his home Kevin of course would have just called into him and say hey um, can you call my parents for me they had to set up some contention there to stop Kevin from reaching out for help mm. um, yeah it doesn't really make any sense but hey it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah and I guess we're we're greeted then like i know we missed like a massive uh part of uh, kevin's mum trying to get home and traveling with the poker king of the john candy <laughs> northeast or northwest poka, or whatever poka, poka. You know, poka, 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 poka. um but anyways that that part's neither here nor there what are you talking about it, there's a great scene that there's a great scene that whole thing with the funeral and the kid i crack up every time oh yeah it's great yeah it's yeah. Well, all improv, around eventually you know after a week or so you start so, talking no, no, again after six or seven weeks, started talking again. Yeah. <laughs> Ray and um, I had a theory that it's the same character from um, from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I really think Steve Martin should have had a cameo in there somewhere because that whole um, thing of Catherine O'Hara coming back from Paris is very reminiscent of Planes, Trains. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, true. But yeah, she, when she gets home... Um, you get the the lovely music. I love that little bit of score. We add in a few. Um, yeah, and he adds in another background um, bit from from um, the score from the the orchestra. Whether on the violin, it's lovely. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, obviously, you know, they're reunited. She's like. I guess there's kind of a fake out where she thinks Kevin's scarred mentally from this and then he eventually smiles and the two reunite. And then all of a sudden, the husband arrives back with the family. There's a big hullabaloo for two minutes. Like, oh, Kevin, yeah, you know, blah, blah. Buzz goes, oh, it's pretty cool. You didn't burn the place down. And then everyone just disappears. Like, within 30 <laughs> yeah, they seconds just her. of arriving home, um, Kevin is home alone again. But this is so Kevin can see uh, outside the window, old man Marty reconciling with his son. And getting to see his granddaughter, yeah, which is very sweet. Right. And again, like it's that kind of thing of this old man reconciled with his family, you've reconciled with yours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. No, it's beautiful. Very, very sweet. Uh, and then we hear loudly, Kevin, what are you doing in my room? I've only just thought of runs this now. away. <laughs> I've only thought of this now. So the place is spotless, bar the gold tooth. So obviously he spent an awful long time that night cleaning up the entire place. I, and I think it yeah. left Buzz's room. The way yeah. it was. He just didn't care. <laughs> How the hell was that kid supposed to put shelves back up? Yeah, true. We also, we don't see what state Buzz's room is in. Maybe he tidied up all the stuff on the ground, tidied it away, but only the shelves are down. True. We don't why know what state. So, why would he be so pissed off? Because if you walked into your room and all your shelves are down on the ground, but everything was packed up, you'd be like, "What the hell happened in my room?" would be that angry well especially well no he's the asshole bigger brother so yeah he was angry about everything um like, just, yeah, stuff. Led, we are led to in fairness we are led to believe that he left that room yeah same as we saw it the last time we saw it and the whole the whole rest of the place is spotless he has cleaned up the tar he's cleaned up the 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 weird it should be blood everywhere yeah it, all cars are gone he's untied the paints he's uh chiseled away the ice on the front steps <laughs> I'd love, I'd love actually if he'd left a few of the traps by mistake, <laughs> and the, the families just walked around. Going, oh, <laughs> what the? Why is there micro machines everywhere? Yeah, the uncle's smoking a cigarette in the toilet, and he puts it down in the toilet, but it's actually gasoline. 
that's the second movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, yeah, so I guess like that's that's Home Alone. Um, it's a closed out. Any any mad weird things you want to mention? I mean, no. I mean, uh, we could talk about it for another hour. Um, yeah, I love this movie. Really. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's great. Yep, it's Christmas. It is fantastic. Christmas. Revisit it and revisit again. And um, the only other, the only little tidbit I have is um, because we missed the, we missed talking about the, the kind of plot, the B plot with mm. his mom was that. Actually, I just thought of a second one. I'll go through it very quickly. But the first one is that uh, the the rumor of Elvis being behind. Oh yeah, John Candy in uh, in that scene like if I don't Elvis know was still alive he'd be way from. older than that character anyway how did that become such a thing it's like that um, was three men and the baby ghost thing yeah. oh yeah it's a cardboard cut out of Ted Danson <laughs> yeah um, and the the other one was that we actually see Robert the, the brother yeah Robert yeah, and his wife yeah. and his wife and his wife what's the uncle's name Ro- the, Rob not, not Robert the other one the, the asshole who called him a jerk Frank, Frank, yep. Frank walks in with the hors d'oeuvres, and the, the oh, wife, such a dick. The wife is like, "There for later." <laughs> yeah, and starts serving them. He starts serving them anyway. <laughs> um, there's also another little tidbit with uh, for any office fans, office US, particularly, that uh, Catherine O'Hara ends up in Scranton, which is where the office is set. Oh, unless of course there's another Scranton in the US, um, but I'm pretty sure it's Scranton, Pennsylvania. She ends up in. Yeah, that's interesting. That's, that's after um, her flight to and the uh, old Miles airport forward. airport man is in both planes trains and automobiles and home alone's airport man it's That's definitely the same man ones. yeah <laughs> she's got plenty same. of earlings ones. it's definitely the same universe yeah two the same characters <laughs> i just really want to see someone make this into like a, a freaking hughes verse there would have been if he was still alive mm. Absolutely, they'd be revisiting it. Um, but they're they are doing a, a, a an official third Home Alone movie with Macaulay Culkin as Kevin McAllister in it. Mm, don't know how I feel about this. It's already been filmed. Ashlyn B is going to be in it as well. Um, but um, I believe Kevin McAllister is the uncle of the kid who was left home alone. In this, I did. No way. Um, did you guys see? Was it two or three years ago? Um, Macaulay Culkin obviously doesn't act and very much anymore but he showed up in like a short movie one of his friends did basically somebody he ends up basically tying this guy to a chair and practically torturing him and the guy who plays marv did like a reaction video to it he's like yeah hey, he's back <laughs> <laughs> amazing yeah yeah the only uh, other the only other thing i'll say is that this is um this has influenced a lot of christmas films since then and oh, the one yes. that's the most is because the night before has a character in it. Rob, you'll see this when you watch it for the first time, but has a character in it who is basically Home Alone personified. And she, so she robs them with a sticky glove. <laughs> and when they start chasing her, she throws down a load of toy cars. Oh, oh my goodness. And, they, and, and Anthony Mackie just goes, I got Home Alone. <laughs> I need to watch that movie this year. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so I guess look, we'll close that there. That's been Home Alone. These have been our thoughts of seeing it, our overall thoughts and chat about the plot points and set pieces that we love the most. I've been Ray. I've been Rob. And I'm still understanding wires. And uh, I guess the happy Christmas to all of our listeners yep. and we'll see you in the new year. Happy yep. Christmas. Happy Christmas. And, uh, Merry New we'll Year. Come back with more random movies in 2021. Good luck. Hope, hopefully we'll see some of them in the cinema.
Who knows? Yeah. Oh my goodness, I can't wait. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. to disembark.